Hello everybody and welcome to the Australian Seller Podcast. My name is Chris Thomas and I'll be your host and this is the show where we talk about all things Amazon and e-commerce, whether it be private label, wholesale, dropshipping and how you can generate a recurring income either on the side or as a full-time gig. G'day, g'day everybody. Okay, in a bald-faced dose of nepotism, today's guest is none other than my very own brother, Mike. Uh, it didn't take us long to forget that we're actually recording and spill the beans on the products that he and I sell and partner on in Europe. Uh, now, today we go in depth on our entrepreneurial journey, you know, working together as siblings, and then we get stuck into Amazon Europe. So we talk about what it takes to sell in a post-Brexit Amazon Europe and uh, some of the issues that we face along the way. Uh prior to Brexit. So, you know, we've we've had mislabeled inventory um, and then, of course, COVID hit last year, but it was actually responsible for a single, you know, 16,000 euro order last year. So we'll talk, we go into a bit of detail about what happened there, what the product was, how we're able to successfully use a new international wholesale strategy, which is generating literally scores of sales every day uh, and how you might be able to get involved if you want to. So, uh, yeah, uh, stay tuned for that. Um, how we've been able to get brand registry for someone else's brand that's in the United States and uh, you know for a product that we're selling in the UK and how that literally doubled our sales overnight. Then we get on to you know, our plans for our Amazon Marketplace expansion, Australia, Singapore, USA and maybe even India. Um, how we get paid effectively using Payoneer with so many currencies pouring into the bank account and how Mike's been able to ditch his highly stressful corporate career and is now running his Amazon and he's got a little side business um, and just hasn't looked back. So it's, it's quite a fun episode and my brother can talk under six feet of wet cement. So watch out for that. All right, don't forget to join my Facebook group over at theaustralianseller.com forward slash Facebook. And I'm also offering private coaching again this year. So please head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash Chris uh, to book an hour with me. Uh, Mike and I discuss how Helium 10 has been instrumental in our success in in the European Union. So if you'd like to save 50% off your first month or 10% off a lifetime, just head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash Helium 10. And lastly, if you want a virtual uh, multi-currency bank account like Mike and I have with Payoneer uh, and you want to save a bunch on currency conversion and withdrawal fees as well as get your own debit card, which you can use at any ATM in the world for cash withdrawals, uh, just sign up for with Payoneer. And you can do that by heading over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash Payoneer. All right, that's enough from me. Let's get on with today's show with Mike Thomas. Welcome back to another episode of the Australian Seller Podcast. Uh, today, I am delighted and honestly thrilled to welcome a member of my own family, Mr. Michael Thomas, my brother. Michael, how are you? I am going great guns. Thank you very much, big brother. <laughs> Thanks for joining me on the show. Hey, um, do you want to give us a bit of your background and and then perhaps we can get into how Amazon has got onto your radar and how well you're going on Amazon? Well, where do I start? I guess... Um Way back when I uh, took over the family business from Dad um, <laughs> back in the, the 90s, um, and it was a manufacturing business. We did a lot of uh, work for the flexible packaging industry, and uh, there was a you know, we had a whole heap of foil that was left over when a business went out of business, um, and what to do with it. So I learned through that process how to create a product. Um, we started using the foil for hair foils. 
Mm. Um, you came on board about that time as well and helped with finding sales channels. Um, so I did. I it did. was a long story short, it was a really tricky product to use our, on our equipment because unsupported foil is, is just horrible kind of uh, medium. But mm-hmm. uh, we worked out a few solutions. Dad really helped with uh, putting folds in it and cutting it and guillotining it. And we got some friend of yours to do some packaging on it. And, That's great. Um, yeah, you helped find the channel through. We were selling through Pricewine, some hair foils for hairdressers. I did a bit of market research at the time. Um, yeah. We were, we were kind of really backed into a corner not knowing what to do with this foil anyway. So we, we trialled this and it, it sort of worked. Um, well, you ended up with heaps of like rolls of foil, didn't you? Like there were just literally hundreds of rolls. I remember them lying around the factory. <laughs> so yeah, we we had a lot. Uh, we, we used to roll down. Uh, we we we'd buy a ton of foil at a time, straight from yeah. Alcoa, yeah. Um, or Alfoil, I think it was at the time. And so we'd buy crates of it in really big rolls, and then we'd roll them down to ten kilo rolls for. The, it was a garlic bread company that used to wrap garlic bread in it. That's right. And so we put, yeah, um, I've still got a roll of foil in my cupboard <laughs> from 2000 and whatever it was, maybe 19 something hundred, you know, so I haven't finished it yet. Uh, that's how long these rolls last because they were 10 kilos. <laughs> and, anyway, long yeah, story short, long yeah, yeah, you know, you, necessity kind of makes you a bit creative. It does. We but we had a lot about that. Well, we so, did because because uh, when I came on board just to sort of help out with the sales, I remember wandering into Priceline and having a conversation, not really understanding <laughs> either the product or what I was doing, and had a chat with I think his name was John, and he said it'd be really good um, if you had a if you had a box outer, and <clears throat> I didn't know what that meant, so I just went back to you and I said. John's not interested in the because at that stage we had like a, a plastic bag with a header tag on it, didn't we? Where we just pop mm. the foils in the plastic bag and you know it all looked okay. You've got a better memory than me. I seem to remember that's what it was, mm. and then how we did it. And I went back to you and I said, "Oh, you want some all in boxes, like each each sort of group of foils in a box." So I think yeah, we were selling like fifty sheets or something at a time, and right. whatever. And um, so we went off and designed out, you know, work out how to package them and put them in these really beautifully professionally designed boxes. And then I went back to John and said, ta-da, here's, you know, here's a new product. By the way, it's a bit more expensive because we've had to put it in a box. And he said, I don't want it in a box. When I say a box outer, I mean like a carton, which we can, you know, tear off the front of it so people can just pluck out your plastic bags, you know, one at a time as a display thing. And I was like, ooh. And he said, so he was, uh, I can't believe that we just, crapping on about foils for so long but <laughs> but anyway we we actually ended up losing money on that first production yeah. because we honored the contract that we had because i remember dad mum and dad were actually <laughs> in italy at the time running their business over there and and i remember talking to you and saying what would dad do honor, yeah and you just said he don't know the contract so that's what we did so yeah. anyway uh well you got to really at the end of the day um because that's what business is all about is you know doing the right thing Trust, doing the right thing by your suppliers and your customers. Anyway, it taught us a lesson and um, eventually that foil ran out and I couldn't be asked trying to convert it in the factory because I was pretty much the only one that could run the machine and even then it was a uh, pain in the ass to sort of um, sheet it. Um, we ended up, oh, I ended up going to China and sourcing a company that could do it for us nice. and I started importing it and learned a lot about freight porting, importing, importation, 
um, you know, trusting a, uh, a Chinese manufacturer to do the right thing. And, um, you know, they would end up printing the boxes, uh, cutting the foils, putting them in a, um, a sleeve. And I, I ended up with rolls of foil as well as sheets of foil as well as uh, different colours. And, uh, yeah, so that kind of line just grew over time organically through Priceline. Uh, anyway, look, long story short, we sold that business in 2007. We have talked about foils way too long. We have. Um, <laughs> What was the next? Uh, well, then you went <laughs> off and got yourself a job, didn't you? Lots of jobs. My wife at the time, we decided that um, we'd been running this business for a long, long time and uh, a bit over it, and it was fairly niche. And, uh, yeah, so sold it. Uh, kept a machine and ran it out of the garage, set up a home business that my uh, wife at the time ran, uh, pre-GFC. So that uh, the GFC went and uh, ruined that business and... Uh, Wifey went off to do her teaching, uh, primary school teaching, uh, but the business slowly ticked over in the background while I was uh, I got into recruitment and uh, did that for through you know, consulting as well as uh, corporate and uh, higher education recruiting for thirteen years. Um, probably a couple of years before I got out, uh, some brother of mine, I've got one brother, uh, his name's Chris, he sort of suggested that I get out of the rat race and start an Amazon business. And I was like, oh, a bit busy, mate. I'm not sure if I can. Mm-hmm. I kind of put it off for a little while. And uh, you literally turned up one day and said, look, mate, I've been looking into a uh, product mm-hmm. that I think just, you know, a little bit of outlay, just get the ball rolling, set up give it a go, doesn't work, doesn't work, if it does, does. And so I was working full-time in a uh, in corporate before I actually went to a, um, higher education in recruitment and, um, yeah, just said, all right, fair enough. Wasn't a lot of outlay, let's get going. And I guess the advice was at the time from yourself mm. that the US is saturated. There's a lot of sellers not a lot of competition in UK and Europe mm-hmm. based on the fact that it's just a bit more tricky to set yourself up because you've got to get a VAT number, you've got to get a Niori number, you need to submit tax returns over there and VAT and, you know, it kind of puts off non-European sellers or vendors. That's great, generally. So... Yeah, you you kind of did your own research. I think you were you may have not been using helium ten at the time. Might have been using um, jungle scout, maybe jungle scout. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, long story short, uh, I thought, all right, well, not a big outlay. I've got the cash. Uh, let's go for it. And so I did. I went through all that setting up and creating a product and a listing. You, you helped me with keyword um, optimization of the listing as well mm-hmm. as um, some advertising campaigns. And uh, it's just slowly started very, very small. And can I say the product? I guess I yep, can. Yep, it's up to you. No, no your product. There. Um, yeah, it is my product. Um, I've got a few main competitors that I'm like big guns. So I'm only a little gun, but uh, it's quite exciting. Uh, so I started with some safety glasses and they were just your standards. They were uh, stand safety glasses. Some had coloured arms, some had clear arms. Um, Instead of selling individual ones, the whole idea is to maximise your return per unit. Mm. So you suggest we go in 12 packs because it looked like you could probably make around about Australian $10 per unit profit 
per sale. That's correct. After taxes and cost of goods and shipping into Amazon and Amazon's fees. Yeah. But there's also um, the strategy really was around the fact that all I was doing was just looking at what was happening in the United States for various products. I just happened to yep. be finding things. And then I kind of had two screens running. I had an American screen for American Amazon and then I had a UK one. And so I just sort of, whatever I did a search, if I didn't see something in the United Kingdom, but I saw something really popular in the United States, then it was a really mm-hmm. simple matter of just going, hey, Mike, I think if you sold these, these are really going off in the US, these multicolored um, glass, you know, safety glasses. Yeah. There's none of them in, in the UK and certainly none throughout Europe. So if they're doing well there, it's likely they're probably going to do pretty well in Europe as well. And it was just that, just a really simple, yeah. you know, it's just not that hard. You've just got to get set up and, you know, just keep looking yeah. really. Um, exactly. So, yeah. So I guess if I was one of your students, um, I could potentially have sort of worked out for myself. But, you know, I was this sort of busy corporate rat racy kind of guy and uh, didn't have time and didn't have the knowledge and didn't have the inclination and so you literally forced it upon me and can I just give you just the biggest thanks in the world because <laughs> you know uh, as of about seven months ago my life has completely turned around and I've gone got out of the rat race and focus completely on this business as well as uh, the, the die-cutting business I mentioned earlier that mm. I bought off my ex-wife when we separated. Mm-hmm. And um, sort of, you know, that gives me maybe about a third of my income and Amazon now probably covers another third. And um, so I'm kind of like two-thirds of what I used to earn in corporate. But end of this year, my goal is to be somewhere well in well in advance of that, um, you know, growth strategy, bolt-ons. Uh, we can probably talk more about that as we go along. So yeah. going back to why, you know, UK and not USA, et cetera, I think I sort of mentioned that USA was pretty saturated. UK was a lot harder to break into. Um, in terms, well, not harder to break into, but hard to set up. Mm. So it was just sort of a natural uh, marketplace. And what I'm, you know, will eventually do is now that I'm set up, I've got, you know, a couple hundred reviews under my belt under some of these safety glasses. Mm. I've also I've also um, recently bolted on some new safety glass products which go over spectacles mm. because, you know, a bit of keyword research, looking at what other products for the complement on the same line. And my safety glass at the moment are quite sort of slim and the sort of wraparound ones, yeah. whereas there's a lot of people that wear um, glasses and they wouldn't sort of fit over the top very no. well. And I'm not sort of getting into the specialised area of um, prescription safety glasses at the moment, so this was a natural thing. Um, so they they sort of hit the market like last year with brand new product, no rate, ratings, no reviews. Um, you helped me learn how to optimise for keywords on the listing again. Mm. Uh, and I went hell for leather on all that, put in some good pictures and, you know, using Helium 10 sort of algorithms around what's a good listing, what isn't, sort of use that. And, uh, yeah, they've just organically started to sell reasonably well and then some advertising on top has really started to push it up. 
So they're actually starting to go well. I had a big lull over Christmas. Mm. I couldn't sort of work out why, but it's just come back. Um, you know, it's one of those Amazon enigmas. I'm not sure well, I don't, what's going on well, I there. don't think people want to give um, other people for Christmas a 12-pack of multicoloured safety glasses, Mike. I just don't think that's a suitable gift. So I, well, you're more of a true. B2B kind of guy. <laughs> so I am, I'm, 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 but I'm still like, uh, I think the... B to B is probably a quarter, maybe a third. The sort of B to C mm. is more like two thirds. Oh yeah, Very a lot of home handy people. And I, think. I don't know. Well, maybe they're actually people who are B to B, but they're buying personally and using for work. I don't yeah, who, know. Knows. who knows? But um, one of the big things you picked up on was Nerf wars, and um, you know, mums wanting to look after their kids, and kids wanting not they're all playing. Everybody's got the same colour. I want green. I want black. So um, you know, our twelve packs had six different colours in mm. them. So. Uh, in the party, the kids could actually go, well, if I can't get my favourite car, at least I'll get my second favourite or vice versa. You know? yeah. So, you know, that was a really good kind of suggestion. That's why the colours worked. And even if I go a 12 different colours, that might be a, another whole time. Who knows? Mm. But I haven't sort of got to that point yet. There was an incident too, though, where the factory actually mixed up the <laughs> the, the FNSQ yep. labels, which is the um, – so the wrong label was put on to the wrong – set of glasses Cocker. yeah and so what that yeah. meant was that um quite early on and actually we got a few one star and two star reviews didn't we because people were expecting yeah. multicolors and they didn't get it and no. uh yeah so that was that was really tricky um but again yeah so i guess you know you did on. the right thing and you pulled out all of your inventory and you had it all relabeled properly you know at quite a big expense to be honest because there was quite a few hundred units maybe even a thousand units or something there was, was a lot, lot yeah, because it really only just hit, right? It had all been delivered to Amazon. This is back in the days before there were inventory restrictions. And uh, it yeah. hit Amazon and then bang. Then we, we knew instantly we had a problem. So um, it was everything's yeah, out. Yeah, but the damage was already done. Yeah, it did hurt. And it took a little while. So we did get a few negative reviews. Mm. So I guess at the end of the day, the, the lesson learned there was that when you create a shipping inventory plan through Amazon, it abbreviates the description of your title on the label. That's great. And we just happened to have a, a title where the clears and the colours, when they were abbreviated, kind of almost reverse. So the Chinese company, because I, I buy direct from the manufacturer, I don't buy through a third party or a distributor, and um, I guess they don't have people who can read English well, labelling the product. That English is a second language, so... But, yeah, so it looked natural for them to label the way they did. Yep. Um, so, obviously, we've since fixed up the title, so when the labels are created through Amazon, they abbreviate out into a normal description that you would expect. But, yeah, so it was just a natural um, area that well, you can't really foresee. And we'd already had a couple of so successfully. Grown. That's right. And I think, yeah, without a problem. Yeah, I think as a bare minimum, the lesson that we've learned from that experience was as a bare minimum, if you're not going to get a QC inspection done on your shipment out of China, you get the manufacturer yeah. to take a picture of the FNSQ label that they've put onto the product together with the product. So that you can check yourself your exactly to your own yeah. QA using photos or whatever. That is a bare, bare minimum. And really what we should have done and what we should always do, you know, frankly, is to do a inspection on every single shipment um, that goes out the door. Because frankly, uh, an, an inspection would have cost us 200 and something, right? Um, the actual getting, fixing yep. up the problem cost 
thousands probably. I can't, no, I, don't, I can't even remember, but it was a lot of money. So, yeah. And you can't change negative reviews or one-star no, reviews. You're cooked. That's, that's forever. Yeah, you, you're, yep. you're basically dead in the water before you even start. So, yeah, that was, that was really tough. And there's the odd review where somebody took a photo as well. Look, these are all got clear arms and I would have coloured arms and that photo just remains right yep. on top of the the review listing, you know, um, even though all the negative reviews is about at least a year and a bit old now, probably 18 months yeah. old. But well, four and a half star yeah, listing. and Damage yeah, is done. No, it was hard to recover from that. And, uh, yeah, hell hath no fury like uh, Amazon customer gets the wrong product, <laughs> I can tell you. They, they, they're yeah. very quick to pounce, that's for sure. They're very slow to, uh, they for, are to be, you know. Reward yeah, with positive kind, positive Kindness, exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, so obviously we've kind of covered off yeah. where you're sourcing from, so that's uh, directly from China. Uh, but it sort of actually leads us into our next um, strategy that we're we're trialling. We we have done for I guess we're pushing under six months now, aren't we? With this new strategy, which is working out really well. So why don't we? Yeah, four months. Four yeah, months, I think yeah. we should talk about it. So I've kind of touched on this in other interviews, and and yeah. So let's get on to this new sort of um, strategy, which I guess we've described as an international wholesaling model. I guess that we're trialling, isn't yep. it? So now I had George on uh, episode seventy. A few years ago, who is an inventor, and he's invented yeah. some some really cool products. And I got in mm-hmm. touch with him, and I and he's got like th- you know thirteen or fourteen hundred reviews at four and a half stars on one of his products. So I got in touch with him and said, "Hey, George, you don't sell in the UK, you don't sell in Europe. Um, can we? Can I, you know, wholesale your, your your products from you? And can me and my brother sell them in the United United Kingdom and, and Europe? And kindly, he just shot straight back and said, "You betcha." So yep. we we set up, we basically listed his ASIN in the UK and all the reviews, yep. all 1,300 of them came charging across into the UK. So we literally were able to, you know, when you're launching a product, like I said, of safety glasses that have no reviews, it's pretty hard. When you're launching a product- Took a while. It can take a while, but when you're launching a product that has bucket loads of reviews, all you got to do is turn some PPC on and you're just away to the races yeah um yeah there's not much to do so that model we have been selling what like 30 25 30 units every single day until we ran out of stock the other day <laughs> so yeah so we did uh, i think it started it really um went gangbusters when we uploaded the video so it was probably going 10 to 20 a day and now it's going yeah 30 a day 28 a day, something like that, for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, it's just really picked up. It sure um, has. But that that was also really because we were able to get brand registry for his brand, and mind you, he has yeah, a, he a US us. trademark. Um, yeah, so I shot like a little loom video to say, George, I need you to jump into your brand registry, contact or get. Well, I think it was like get support, and then there's a add a registered user or registered agent to your account. Yeah, and so he yep. added your email address that you used to log into Amazon mm-hmm. UK. That then linked your seller account in the UK to the trademark. Yeah, and so in your brand registry now, you see his trademark in there as a registered agent. What that did, of yeah. course, is that then gives you all the advertising goodies, all the video goodies on the listing, and all the other goodies that you get with brand registry for any product that we sell of George's um, that uses that trademark. Yeah. So and the opposite true too if you don't have it you get virtually nothing you're banging your head against a brick wall with amazon a lot of the time as soon as you get brand registry you your doors open 
the floodgates open, you can pretty much do most of what you want. I know I've seen some, um, you know, anecdotal evidence and some um, blogs or um, support mm -hmm. feeds where people really have trouble with brand registry, but they eventually get it worked out. Well, we were hitting our heads against brick wall with Amazon trying to update listings. All of a sudden, our British listing was, you know, had it was all in French. That's right. People were still buying them, but, it, you know, the title was 100% French and was like, well, we didn't do this. What the hell happened, <laughs> you know? Because European marketplace is a little bit finicky, I think, and uh, you do get a bit of you know, cross-pollination of things because yeah. uh, everything we set up originally was in English and... Amazon does its own translation across to the other marketplaces, you know, Spain, France, Italy, Germany, Germany, etc. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, I guess the you know the I guess the nuances of the, the different languages probably doesn't play through, but that's fine, you know. At least Germans can sort of work out exactly what they're they're looking for. Uh, we can do a little bit more on that later, but we were sort of blocked out to update the listings in the foreign languages mm. because I don't have brand registry on my safety glasses, which is my next step in my business. But, um, you know, so the, the what we were doing through George was, um, you know, it was all branded and we should have had full control, but we we were banging our heads against brick wall with Amazon and uh, the brand registry um process that he helped us get through mm. made a huge difference so it gave us back control and we could then you know it was our listing again rather than amazon's listing pretty much so we, we you know fixed it all up and added the video and uh, sales have just never looked better um there's still potentially upside because we, we really haven't tweaked it too much since we've sort of got it up and running and it's only 20 or 30 a day so this is um, true very exciting time well actually also the other interesting thing was that they were selling very well in europe before brexit sort of struck on the first of january of 2021 <laughs> yes. a few weeks back of a month ago so mm -hmm. that's another thing that you're working on too now isn't it which we probably should have been focusing yeah. on <laughs> for at least six months prior to brexit but um, when I started three months before Brexit, getting because um, uh, mm. you know UK. I guess we haven't really touched on the, the, the challenges of selling through Europe. Mm. So originally, I was just selling into the UK, and um, Amazon would distribute to the other marketplaces in Europe pre-Brexit. That's right. And all my tax returns and everything was U UK and nothing else. Mm. So with Brexit, I had to establish a you know new market in in Germany was now going to be my base because that was recommended by my um, uh, accountants. Uh, Simply VAT, if anybody's ever used them, they're, they're great. Yeah, they are good. Um, and the issue was that you know three months out, probably September, they said it you know it could take about three months. So I started ball rolling back then. Uh, it's just taken a lot longer, <laughs> and um, I didn't realise that they wanted original copies of some documents that are signed. So I sort of sent them scans, and they're going, "Oh, where are the documents?" And I'm like, oh, I'll upload them, and then, mm. you know, well, you actually got to send them to us. So yeah, um, so they've got all that now, yep. but we're into bed, and we should have been, you know, first gen. That's right, ready to uh, go, up and running. Yeah, yeah. So I'm at least a month and a half behind where I should be, and look. UK was about two thirds of all my sales, and the rest of Europe was about one third. So I'm losing fifty percent of all my sales at the moment. Um, so yeah, you're locked out. Based on, I've got zero 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 on my inventory on all every marketplace in Europe, yep. except for you know UK. So uh, there's a lot of sales going out the door, but since Christmas and halfway through Jan. 
sales have just really gone back up to about pre-Christmas levels. So I'm actually back to where I was. So if I was actually in Europe as well, yeah, you'd be crushing. It could be another third on top or fifty percent on top. Yeah, because uh, yeah. UK was yeah. It's 66%. so much potential this year. I remember too when COVID hit last year and we had that massive order mm-hmm. for oh, it's like 16 or 17,000 euros worth of safety glasses went out the door in Italy. And I think... Yeah, Milan. Milan there yeah. was a clinic in Milan yeah. um, and we had a limit. You'd set up a limit just to stop, avoid um, any kind of black hat going on because yeah. um, where your competitors can sort of like order all your stock and and not pay for it and, and then kind of hold it against you. Yeah, return it or whatever, yeah. And so basically stalls your sales. And I actually thought something like that might be going on mm. until I investigated further in all the orders because somebody, well, it was their day, my night, but somebody overnight in, in Australia had uh, literally ordered 15, 15, 15, 10, 15, 15, like just gone through my entire inventory of five, six, 700 boxes of 12. Mm. So we're talking thousands of safety guys. One clinic in the line mm. bought the lot and uh, basically uh, bought me out. They so did. I ran out of stock overnight. Yep, and, that was that. Uh, yeah, and then it cost me a, can I say the word SHI? <laughs> it cost me a lot of um, air freight when I finally got a new shipment and it was in the middle of COVID and Half ended up stuck in Germany, half ended up stuck in Poland. It took months for my new stock to end up back in Amazon's arms where they could act, I could get back up and selling. Yeah. So I had a few months off with no income mm. and that was literally the time I quit, my, quit, high, job. <laughs> my, quit my very high-pressure rat racy job. Yeah. go, all right, well, you know, COVID's going berserk and safety glasses are sort of on people's agenda. Well, it, it makes sense. And, yeah, my die-cutting business was still ticking over quite nicely. But there was also the, um, the fact, too, that Amazon also, in the UK, Amazon imposed inventory limits, too, of 200 units yeah, uh, shipping, inbound shipping. Never. So you've had that's to go fine. and source uh, and find a 3PL. Yeah. Yeah. So Global e-commerce experts. Mm. So they just seem to be the easiest and they've got a lot of bolt-on offerings. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I pay monthly inventory fees, I pay management fees, I pay uh, courier fees, blah, 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 picking fees. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's a, I guess it's a cost of doing business and there's no other option at the moment. And they're about to set up in Germany as well with warehouse. So even if I do, hopefully when Europe comes on board and my German URI number comes through and VAT number comes through, mm. I will be able to double my um, sort of inventory levels because I'll have the same limits in UK as well as the rest of Europe. That's right. So that'll be good. But then also um, I'll probably end up storing, you know, 50% in UK and 50% in, uh, in in Germany in terms of the 3PL. Yeah. And, um, you know, whenever I need to just, uh, just trickle feed into the, um, the hubs, um, you know, UK and Germany as per needed. So, yes, my inventory costs have increased. So I guess my $10 unit profit price has probably dropped. I haven't gone into nuances yet, you know, um, either way. Mm. Uh, So the whole goal, like one of your podcasts I remember listening to early on was the 10 by 10 by 10. So that's sort of my goal. Mm. Um, Fairly loose. The Scott Parker Um, model. 
was it? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Ten. You can probably explain it better than I can. Well, if you're selling ten units a day and you're making ten dollars profit, yeah, you got ten of them. You got ten of those products yeah. selling ten a day at ten, 10 bucks. profit. There's a thousand bucks a day. It's a thousand dollars a day profit. thousand dollars a year profit per annum. Yep. You can live on that. Yeah. Well, it depends on who you are, but I can. So. <laughs> But I also just wanted to uh, to just drop in here that um, really just put a shout out to anybody that has a successful product in any of the marketplaces around the world but are not selling in Europe. Mike and I would be delighted to talk to you about wholesaling from you if you're interested. And we it's a really simple model where we just want a, about 12 months run in Europe. Um, we can test the European market for you and... Uh, you know, we'll keep you. T- we'll be totally transparent about how your product's performing in those marketplaces. You give us twelve months in there, and if you're keen to then move into Europe yourself, we will graciously back out, sell through what inventory we've got left, and then hand over. Um, you know, Europe is then yours. But uh, so it's just a really simple and fair model. Uh, and certainly in the case of George, he is selling a hell of a lot more <laughs> of his products in fact he's about to do a inventory he's about to manufacture a whole bunch more products and he's bolted on a 5,000 unit order of our own mine and Mike's so that's actually helped with his MOQs and his manufacturing MOQs so he's got a better price um, not that he's passed it on to us but he's actually getting a better price for his manufacturing now because he's increased his um, you know production level so hopefully it's well, a bit of a win-win true. and um so, yeah, please do get in touch with me. So that's chris at christhomas.com.au uh, or indeed through Facebook and, you know, we can have a bit of a chatsy. We've got a couple of other products in the pipe, so that's exciting. Exactly. So um, just to give you some kind of context around it, you know, we, we started off with a couple hundred units and they're not that expensive. That wasn't a huge outlay. And uh, they sold. They started selling pretty quick. You know, we were selling five or ten a day. Mm. So you think about it, a couple of hundred. It was sort of fifteen, twenty days, maybe a bit more. Um, within a month, we were like, we need to order more. Oh, I was even before and that. <laughs> we were like, after like yeah, a couple of days, we were like, shoot, quite quickly. Yeah, we need to yeah. do something quick. They started selling almost straight away. Mm. Uh, within a couple of days of them landing and um, being scanned in by Amazon. That's right. And the sales picked up very quickly. Um, so, yeah, two and a half, I think our last order was two and a half, and now we're about to put a 5,000-unit order in. Um, that's, and that's less than six months. Yeah. That's how quickly it's grown with no work. And, um, and virtually now no Europe either. So, you know, this is... Only half, it's only UK. Yeah, well, pretty much. Ridiculous. I think, seriously, this product is going to be a 50 to 60 unit product when we open up Europe. You know, I'm talking 50 to 60 units a day. 45. Yeah. I mean, we're 30 in UK and, and it was always two-thirds of the market. Mm. Not quite sure why. Um, the rest of Europe's only one-third and UK is two-thirds. It might well, be because there's, of there's some new marketplaces now too, Mike. We've got Sweden, we've got... Poland has just Singapore. opened up. Um, well, we can talk about Singapore some other time. In fact, that's actually not a bad idea. We should get in there. Um, and <laughs> let's talk about that off air. And because uh, I know people like Megla Bardwaj from India Sourcing Trip who lives in <laughs> who lives in uh, Singapore. And uh, yeah, yeah, so I'll have a chat to her. But um, anyway, uh, where was I going with that? So I've actually totally forgotten. I've lost completely lost track. Sorry. New marketplaces for the product. Yeah, that's right. And, um, yeah. So uh, anyway, so that's all exciting. Um, are you going to be, do you think we should sell on Amazon Australia some of these products? 
I reckon we should. Um, definitely. Definitely. So my next. So now I've got up and running. You said, look, USO is saturated with competition. So oh. like even trying to get your foot in the door is pretty hard. But it's not. Like I started with safety glasses. I just felt that Europe at the time was a really, I don't know, just a, was a much more fun opportunity. It's a bit easier. Yeah. Once you set yeah, up. There's definitely not as many competitors. No. It's harder to set up. It puts people off. Yeah. So they're mainly local competitors or maybe Chinese competitors. I'm not sure. Either way. So now I've actually got reviews behind me. I've got momentum behind me. I've got organic sales as well as PPC. Yeah. My, my plan next is to bolt on America is just to translate. Because what we're doing in USA is buying wholesale and then transferring that with the ASIN across into U, U, UK. That's right. That seemed to be working. So if I can actually take my ASIN from the UK and then bolt it across to the USA, I bring all those reviews with it. I hopefully will be able to start selling yeah. fairly quickly. Yep. Um, and it's just another market. Um, whether it goes well or badly, it's not that big a deal. It's just more income and, and more marketplaces. And Australia definitely, because Australia's a really small market for sellers. Like, there's not a lot of sellers. Amazon are doing really good deals for sellers. And um, your, your cost of selling in Australia, I reckon, is a lot lower. And um, you, you'll make more profit per unit, but you won't make as many sales. That's clearly the case because mm. it's a much smaller marketplace. And uh, there's not that many people on Amazon yet because it's so small. It's because it's growing. There's a lot of incentives for sellers to to get on board, um, even if it's slow now. You know, in a couple of years' time, it, it could be quite lucrative. So it's just kind of sucking it and seeing it, and it, it's not hard to get going. My problem is I've already got a an old business set up on Amazon that I've got to shut down um, mm. in Australia that I've never really used and uh, recreate a new one um, with my current Amazon business in Europe. Uh, yeah, a few. Amazon nuances. Okay. So absolutely. And I think, you know, George has also mentioned that there has been a few organic sales uh, to Australia from his product. That's correct, from and his listing in the US. He was encouraging us. Yeah, yeah, yeah he is. Because it, it's bugger all from his perspective. It doesn't, like, he's, he's not going to get rich on it. But if you think about how many people are buying in Australia his product from the USA with shipping costs and the delays, yep. um, there must be probably five or six times as many people who see the product and go, oh, it's going to take too long, it costs too much, right. I won't buy it. Yep. But if we import it, have a few hundred, have a thousand, I don't know, we just do a test. Yeah, a few hundred. See if it works. Yep. Yeah, so why not? I agree. Um, we should also maybe just touch on how you get paid in all these different currencies. Yeah, Pioneer. Good on you. <laughs> So originally, yeah, everything was going into my Australian bank account. So Amazon in the UK were paying me, well, everything was sort of either coming in in euros or pounds. Mm -hmm. And I was paying my supplier in China in US dollars. Mm -hmm. And so I was losing out a huge amount of money uh, when Amazon was paying me mm -hmm. into my Australian bank account. Uh, all their uh, conversion costs of uh, international currency rates. Let's not let, let's not forget the banks too having you know, their pound of flesh as well and the way in and the way out. Of flesh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So every time I was like converting into US dollars to pay my uh, Chinese supplier, mm. uh, yeah, hundreds of dollars Australian in conversion fees. So yeah, I set up. Um, even my die cutting business now uses Pioneer as well because mm -hmm. I've got a Japanese supplier for some very, very high-end specialty material that I need to buy for a biomedical company that I die cut some specialty product for. Yep. And so I pay my supplier in Japanese yen. So I can convert my um, 
you know, British pounds from Amazon into Japanese yen uh, for virtually you know, hardly any kind of yeah, conversion cost. That's right. And uh, so, yeah, I'd probably save myself $500,000 at least, probably more. Um, last 12 months just going with Pioneer compared with just running with my Australian bank account. And uh, I've even got a, you know, these debit card for in US dollars, British pounds, euros. So next time I'm overseas, I might be able to, you know, pull some money out of an ATM for free. <laughs> That's Hopefully, right. I don't know, actually. Uh, I think it's, it's $2.50 a withdrawal. <laughs> me on that. It's $2.50 a withdrawal, but the rest is kind of free, uh, yeah. So yeah. it's your money. Either way. Uh, but Pioneer, I highly recommend because um, uh, whenever there's been a problem, um, you know, Remy is uh, just straight on top of it trying to sort it out because Japan was quite an interesting character because it's very, very high-end compliance in Japan. They're just all over the place. So um, it's taken a couple of goes to get things sorted out, smoothed out in Japan. I'm hoping now it's solved. Great. It's uh, Europe. US and pounds, um, yeah, going fantastic. Easy peasy. Easy peasy, yeah. All right, buddy, listen, we better wrap this up. Um, can I just say a massive thanks for jumping on and having a quick chat with me today and catching up? It's always good to catch up with you, mate. It was brilliant uh, having a chat to you and um, I really appreciate you getting me into this business <laughs> in the first place because um, I look back at my previous life and the rat race and I just, Cringe to think that I was there and I will never, ever, ever go back regardless of what happens with this Amazon business. It's going to be okay, but um, it's going to be all right. It is. I'm very excited. Me too. Almost as excited as you always are. <laughs> <laughs> I could talk about Amazon all day long. I love it, except when I, except when I don't, uh, which is occasionally there's some frustration. But anyway, thanks, mate. I'm really uh, grateful for your time. And uh, let's uh, let's catch up on the weekend. Um, we will. Let's have a beer or something. Yep. Absolutely, yes. Cool. We can look at your Monaro and <laughs> take it for a cruise. It'll be ready by then too. Sorry, I've been rebuilding my With car. With our elbows out the window. Yes, me, yeah, me, me and Mike yeah. have been doing the kind of classic uh, blokey brotherly thing. I've got an old collectible uh, car and I've been restoring That's it so a little bit. beautiful old Monaro. It's beautiful. Um, totally original. Total bogan. Um, don't tell anybody. And uh, I do feel like a bit of a bogan, but I've always loved them. And, yeah, it's classic. So, anyway, um, hopefully it's all ready on the weekend. I'll come and pick you up. We'll go for it. We'll go for a cruise. Sounds like a plan. Then we'll drink beer. Looking forward. Yep. We will. Well, not too many. All right. Anyway, we got. To, we, we need to stop talking. This is a show. <laughs> We're doing a show here. People are actually listening to us. People are listening. Yes, it's okay. not a phone call, Mike. All yeah. right. Um, all right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Listen. Thanks, thanks for uh, jumping on, and uh, we'll talk soon. Take it. Take it easy. Awesome. See you, brother. Links and show notes for this episode can be found over at theaustralianseller.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or your favorite podcast platform. Sign up to my email over at theaustralianseller.com and I'll send you a note each time I publish a new podcast episode. Thanks so much again for listening.